listening to the Living BDSM Podcast, episode 344. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who tortured me with a Hitachi for 20 minutes, and I fucking loved it. Damn John straight. Brownstone. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in really good moods now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bit of a rough start, but that kind of perked things up. Yep, yep, yep. Rough start, meaning we've been up since 3.30 this morning as of day of recording. We will complain slash talk about that in the bonus section. (laughs) This week, though, we're revisiting a topic we did way back in 2017. I did the math. That was six years ago. Wow. Uh, Episode 90, when we were still in double digits, uh, um, topping from the bottom. So we're going to revisit it this week because a silent winged, uh, longtime listener friend of the channel, all around cool person, uh, sent uh, a post from the BDSM side of Reddit where people were Mm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. And they sort Mm -hmm. of outlined a couple of questions about topping from the bottom as a concept. Ah. And so we will answer those questions. And we may or may not say much different from episode 90. We Mm. might be more nuanced. We might, who, who the hell knows? Have to find out. We're going to find out together. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, so that's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Okay, so... uh, can't remember if I said it to the podcast folks in the intro. I've already said it to the YouTube folks. We're going to say it again. We're talking about topping from the bottom uh, this week. Uh, I'm revisiting an old episode. The link to that old episode is in either the description box or the show notes page, uh, depending on how you're listening or watching this, um, as is the uh, post to link to the post um, from Reddit as well. The comments are actually pretty interesting. I didn't see too much that I found contentious or like, wrong but also i was a little bleary-eyed when i read that so uh before we get into today's topic though um i lost my train of thought i I noticed that big time podcast listeners i can't remember if we mentioned this either we've been up since 3 30 i don't know how many things i'm gonna say over and over again this week I, i honestly don't just if you're new here, just know it, it is like this, but it's not always this bad. And if you've been here for a hot minute, you know. Um, I just want to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can join. It's our kinky community where we try to create um, things and stuff and space for kinksters who aren't trying to be on the dating scene, aren't trying to like, I mean, there's nothing wrong looking at a bunch of nudes, but like, that's not the purpose. You're like trying to get to know folk. Um, also our Patreon, Patreon like supports the work we do. Um, and I bring that up because one of the new for 2023 perks is sorta coming up this Friday. Mm, we mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. a, every other month we do a game night, an online game night with people in the $10 and up tears uh we had tech issues in february so we're doing a redo in march and that's actually this friday march 24th at 7 p.m eastern um 
But that just made me want to talk about our Patreon where we have a Discord server where there's all kinds of channels to chat in about all kinds of things, not just kink. Um, we do an exclusive video every month, which we're actually recording after we do this live stream slash mm-hmm. record this episode. Um, we do a behind the scenes podcast every month. We tell you what the heck's going on with us. Um, we do a Q and A every month. Um, that's a live stream. Um, we we try to do lots of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody who is able to and willing and interested, you can join for as little as $2 per month. Um, but if you pick a higher tier, then you get some extra perks. Um, but you know, we talk it up big at the beginning of the year for our membership drive. And mm-hmm. then I try, I mention it, but I try to like back the hell off. Uh, I'm just mentioning it again. Membership drive is a great time to join, but it's also a great time to maintain membership. So if you join mm-hmm. outside of the membership, the membership drive and you stick around and we don't scare you off, uh, you know, we also do discounts for any place where we sell merchandise. There is a Patreon only coupon code for those places, Etsy um, and the Kinkery specifically. Um, and we like to think that our kinky community in that space, in that way, is super nice and super cool. So patreon.com slash Kayla Lords is the link. It is always the link. I've been saying, yeah, I think fairly consistency since consistently since what, since the beginning or since about 2016 at least, something like that. Uh, And so we just wanna encourage anybody who is interested to consider joining. Uh, You can read more about the perks and what we do and how it all works at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or the link is in the places. So just so you know. Okay. That's all I've got. Let me double check. Yeah, you better check your notes. I cannot trust my memory today. Mm -mm, It's just mm -mm. now. Okay. So yeah, we're gonna um, talk about topping from the bottom as a concept, how we see it, how we view it, how we define it, um, based on a post on Reddit where the person who made the post actually posed a few specific questions. Mm. I figured I'd let them keep us organized. like I said before, we have, this is a revisit of a, an old topic. Um, episode 90 does not feel like that long ago to me, but this is episode 344 for podcast listeners. For YouTube folks, uh, numbers are irrelevant. <laughs> for podcast <laughs> listeners, it's the 344th main episode, not to be confused with all the short episodes we did, which technically in our feed count all adds up. Right. And we're really like barreling towards 400th recording at this point. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let's get into um, the episode. I apologize now for being so scattered. It's it's wild, y'all. Okay, so this is what the post on Reddit says. Topping from the bottom. Just wanted to know what y'all think about, quote, topping from the bottom. I feel like pretty much every time I've seen it used, it's to try to shut an S-type from expressing their wants or needs in a relationship. So my question's to you. What does topping from the bottom look like to you? How does topping from the bottom differ from general communication and negotiation that should happen? And three, is topping from the bottom a bad thing? Like I said, I didn't read every single comment under this post, but most of the comments I did see were like, I might, I could see their perspective. It wasn't one of those where I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was like, oh, okay. So uh, let's, let's start with the top question. Okay. What does topping from the bottom look like to you, JB? Um, I think topping from the bottom is when 
going to use a, a specific word here. Okay. When when the bottom tries to be controlling, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's in a scene, whether it's in a power exchange, right? Um, that to me is more like what right. you know, like saying, okay, this is the scene I want. This is how it's going to go. Sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you know. Just, just sort of instead of collaborating, making your needs, wants, and desires known, and then sort of allowing the top to take the control or there's, the, the dom to take right, the control. There, there's no negotiation in, in uh, to my extent of how I see it. Right. It's just like the bottom will say, "This is how I, this is how it is, and that's how it's going to be." Kind of thing. I mean, yeah, and I can. So I can see in a top bottom situation, not a power dynamic, not a power mm-hmm. exchange, but in a ne- negotiated placing, I think it's fair to go as the bottom. This is what I want and this is how I'd like it to go. Yeah. Now that still has to line up with what the top is willing to do, wants sure. to do, can do. Um, but in that case, if we're talking specifically about a top bottom situation, I would go, well, that's some clear boundary setting there. Thank you for that clear communication. (laughs) In a power exchange where you've got that imbalance that's negotiated, where it's understood that at some level, the dom is in control and has power over certain circumstances and situations. I think that the the submissive coming in and making those demands mm-hmm. without the process of negotiation and negating um, the power that they have said they want the dom to take. Mm-hmm. I could see where that would be taken for topping from the bottom. Um, one of the the ways I've heard it described is sort of treating the dom or the top, but mostly the dom, because we are talking about power exchange, as a kink dispenser. Yes, absolutely. Of trying to navigate this scene from that place of you're supposed to have given up some level of control. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, from my view, topping from the bottom um, is two things. It's either used as a cudgel against a submissive who is making their boundaries clear and withdrawing Mm -hmm. consent, you know, I have not recently and not a lot, thank goodness, but I have absolutely seen some dumbass try and say that a submissive who safe words out of a moment is, is topping to, from the bottom. Yeah. They're trying to control the scene. Mm-hmm. No, baby, they're giving and withdrawing consent. That is what they're doing. I mean, I myself have never run into or seen somebody actually topping from the bottom Mm -hmm. i have heard that used more so in what you just described you know um that a a submissive acting within their rights to you know have boundaries and 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 have limits you know that that a a d-type is calling them out right especially like the times i've seen it where it's turned against a submissive and it's used in a pejorative way as a way to shame and blame a submissive who is just setting limits and boundaries is when things start going and the submissive realizes this isn't working. I don't like this. Nope, nope, nobody, no. And they withdraw consent. And so then the topping from the bottom is, is thrown at them in an accusatory way. Mm-hmm. Now, the comments of this post were kind of interesting because I did see a couple people mention, 
And I didn't see anybody at the time that I read this, this may have changed by the time you hear this, but I didn't see anybody talking from a, their own perspective and experience, but I did see that some people define topping from the bottom um, t- uh, not uncommonly in femdom situations where male submissives are treating their dom like a kink dispenser, mm-hmm. which of course is not a gendered thing because submissives of, of any kind, of any gender, of any whatever, with a dom of any gender can do the same thing. And I do think that if um, a submissive is treating their partner as if I I put in like the right words or I put in my order, like we're at Mm -hmm. the restaurant and I get out exactly what I want and only that, Right. then yeah, I think that might be topping from the bottom. Mm -hmm. I don't doubt that that occurs. I have absolutely, again, not personal experience, but sort of witnessing or hearing other people's stories, you know, they've talked about how submissives will approach them with literally a laundry list of here are the, the Mm -hmm. and it's weird because I think every partner, every person can have a laundry list of here's what I will do and here's what I won't do. I think it's in the approach of, instead of it being this collaborative, hey, here's my list, what's your list? Mm -hmm. What's our Venn diagram? It's more of a, you know, these are the things I demand, you'll give them to me, right? With no regard for what does the Dom want? What is the Dom willing to do? What have you negotiated in terms of how much control does the Dom have in Mm -hmm. this situation? Like for us, you know, my wants, needs, desires, and limits. Sure. after all these years, you know kind of how far to take it, but we don't, we're not the type who play to the edge. We're not trying to play to safe word. We kind of stay in the center. But all all the things you know about me are the guideposts and the fence. Mm -hmm. And you then decide the mix of that based on the interaction we've had. Well, for example, like today, Mm -hmm. all right, when you came to me and said, you know, well, what are we going to do for our scene? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) <laughs> right you're this, like this is what i'd like to do here's what you've been begging for for six months let's right. do it and then and in the middle of the scene i was giving you feedback about mm-hmm. like how to position my body and whether yeah. you know because but at the same time when i told you that you were like oh well here's one thing that we need to keep in mind with this mm-hmm. all right and that to me was not top and bottom that was telling me something I need to be aware right, of in the scene. Giving you the information but, you need. But within what I had planned, it was well within the scope of what I was going to do. Right. And But then while we were not, we were scening at that point because there was bondage involved as mm-hmm. well. But basically we were prepping for like the main activity. I was giving you feedback of, oh, be careful of my arm. I've right. got some range of motion issues. Oh, sure. this is too tight. Mm-hmm. And that... I don't think anybody who can hear the sound of our voice and has been here for more than 30 seconds <laughs> would ever claim that that is topping from the bottom. But for, for the newbie who doesn't have a fucking clue, that's not topping from the bottom. No. That's communicating. Right. That's the back and forth negotiation of let's make sure we're both having the moment we both right. want to I have. Mean, if I had left that too tight and mm-hmm. you had not said anything that it was too tight... That could have caused the whole scene to go bad at some point. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So at no point with a submissive speaking up to declare a need, a want, a desire, none of that is ever topping from the bottom. No. I think it's the expectation and it it can be the expectation that a submissive might appear to be setting or the attitude with which they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I do think that sometimes um, the what can sometimes be called topping from the bottom, trying to to steer a scene or a moment specifically to the submissive's liking can happen. Um, but I think it happens for reasons. Um, I don't know that that's going to be that's going to come under any of the other questions. So I'll go ahead and and kind of go down that path where if the submissive is uncertain that they're going to like what's going to happen or they get mm-hmm. nervous or anxious. I can absolutely see a submissive kind of trying to guide that down yeah. the path they want. But, but see, that to me is when you step back and go, wait, let, maybe we need more communication. Maybe we right. need more time to build and, trust. And where the first thing that came to my mind was one of the, the, the things that is often overlooked is negotiating expectations in a scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm but also moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not like all doms get more excited about something than a submissive. Submissives and um, sub frenzy absolutely do happen. Sure. And submissives can try and rush into things or rush a moment to get more than they want. But on the flip side, if if as a submissive, you are me. trying to maneuver the, the already negotiated, you're kind of in the position and you're about to into something else other than what was negotiated, you know, that I can, you know, there's lots of reasons that can happen. And one might be, did the Dom push a little too hard, too fast? And maybe you're not quite ready. Better to Mm -hmm. speak up as a submissive and go, I'm not ready. Can we go, can, can we, revisit this can we stop for a moment Let, let's stop and talk about this not even can we let's stop and talk yeah. about this because if what you're if you find yourself as a submissive in a position of trying to steer a pre-negotiated moment down your very narrow specific path and you don't think it's going to go down that path uh i think there's a lot mixed up into there i think there's control um control issues air quote that they're not always issues it's whatever mm-hmm. trust isn't established anxieties maybe you don't you're you don't think that you communicated well enough or it's signs that the dominant has exhibited where you know previously or something about the interaction where the submissive partner's like I don't I don't think this is going to be what I like the moment you have that thought or you maybe realize maybe that's what's happening Stop trying to steer the scene in your own way and actually call a timeout and go, right. we need to talk about this. And if a Dom yeah. won't go, oh, whoa, 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 okay, let's talk about this. Let's let's take it slow. Let's mm-hmm. back this up. I mean, that to me would be a sign of maybe I now know why you are air quote topping from the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. But because a decent Dom who wants to get it right, even if they're still learning, even if they're new, even if this is whatever – should be like, oh, okay, let's definitely put a pause. Like, what's on your mind? What what feels wrong about this? Where right. you feel this need to push mm-hmm. this in a, in a direction? I just don't think it we, happens that we, often, though. No, I mean, in the time that we've known each other, mm-hmm. there have been a couple times where we've had to stop and, you know, well, well we need to, you know, move this in a little different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that was more so in the beginning for us. Yeah. Not as much anymore because we've, you know, we're so familiar with one another. Right. And we're both, and I'm, I guess, really me, I'm really comfortable speaking up in the moment. I don't need us to stop and figure it out. I'll just be like, hey, let me wave this moment over. Let me flag Mm -hmm. this for you. See, this this is an issue. This is a potential issue. And we just flow with it. Yeah. Um, I can absolutely see submissives being 
newer submissives either new to submission completely or in a new relationship with a new dom that they're you know depending on your own bad tapes depending on past experiences not necessarily trusting that you're gonna get what you would like to get um but i also think that if you can't trust the person that you're scening with or you're doing anything with to stay within your personal guardrails and give you the type of scene that you think you would enjoy um why are you scening with them yet i think you need more time um (laughs) uh topping from the bottom is definitely not making your needs known that's not topping from the bottom that's some bullshit that is that is an expression that I think, again, like I said, the comments on the Reddit post were kind of illuminating because some, I can't remember specifically, but somebody kind of laid out where topping from the bottom maybe started as a phrase 20, 30 years ago, longer, and what it's become now. (laughs) And right now it's a cudgel to silence submissives. Right. Um, and to say that, you know, safe wording is topping from the bottom, making your needs known. Like, no, it's not. Now, what's fascinating to me, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much because I don't know enough about it. And it's just a thing that made me go, wait. So a phrase I have heard recently, and I did look it up (laughs) to try and get my arms around the topic, is power bottom. Okay. Now, the definition I found for it is that it is comes from the queer community. Okay. Um, I don't know if specifically the gay community or just like the whole umbrella, but essentially the the most common definitions have been the bottom in a gay relationship or a gay partnership, not even mm-hmm. relationship, they're, they're fucking, right? Yeah. Um, essentially being in control, even though they're the one being penetrated and fucked. Like maybe, you know, the examples given in the the article I found that felt like the most illuminating definition was like, they're the one setting the pace. They're the one setting the penetrative depth. They're Mm -hmm. the one in charge, but they're not the top in that dynamic, right? So I was like, wait, could this be applied carefully? Cause I don't want to like appropriate language, but sometimes things have multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. A power bottom that, if that can be applied, if that's appropriate to apply that to a kink thing, well, that's the bottom that we talked about at the beginning who go, mm-hmm. walks in and goes, this is the scene I want. Are you the top who can give it to me? Yeah. And yeah, that might from the not insulting, degrading, dismissive way we think of topping from the bottom, but from the actual literal words topping from the bottom, maybe that applies. Mm. I don't know. People with more experience and um, I mean with that with both, maybe with both communities and hearing the phrase power bottom, mm-hmm. like, please like, I'm, let me know I what mean, you think. I mean, but. and again, there is nothing wrong with a bottom knowing what they want and asking for it. No, shit, no. Okay, not at all. <clears throat> and and again, that doesn't denote topping from the bottom. No, well, not the way we think yeah, of topping the from the bottom think, now. Yeah. But if you take yeah, yeah, the yeah. actual words and what they would mean, think about it. All the times we've talked about where um, in the past, all these episodes, where the dominant in a a relationship wants to be on the receiving end. Let's say they want Mm -hmm. to be hit with a paddle, right? And many people think, well, that's a submissive thing to be hit with a paddle. No, it doesn't have to be. You can bottom, 
as a spanky. You can, you can be a submissive and not and and not be a masochist. You can be That's a masochist. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm right. talking about you, the dom. All right. Say, yeah, yeah, I hit you with a paddle, but I want to feel that sensation. I want you, my submissive, to hit me with a paddle. Ah. I want to be the bottom in an impact scene. Okay. You could top from the bottom there. Because as you're submissive, as the top, well, yeah. as the one topping you, you could tell me, hit me this hard, do it this many times, blah, blah, blah. And why would I let you do that? Because I'm your fucking submissive and I would only be standing there with a the paddle because you you asked it of me and for no other that, fucking That reason. would be providing a service. Right. But you would still be driving the bus there. You would still be in charge. Yeah. You would be on the receiving end of something. Mm -hmm. So therefore the bottom, but you would also still be the top, the dom. Let me say that. You would still be my dominant. And so you could take charge of that moment. Unless what was negotiated was you didn't have take charge and you wanted to let go and just let somebody yeah. else do it. That might be something different. But I can absolutely see where a dominant partner bottoms for a mm -hmm. kink moment to re receive the sensation or the experience. Yeah. But as long as it was negotiated and agreed upon by all partners involved, mm -hmm. they're still the dominant in charge of that. They just need somebody else to be swinging the paddle, pouring the wax, poking you with a needle. Shout out to Rara, because I yeah. know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, now, again, that's oh, because we can sit here and in a nuanced way, calmly have a conversation about what do the actual words topping from the bottom mean and how can they be applied out in the online world where nuance goes to die uh of course people throw out the phrase and what they mean is oh a submissive had fucking opinions <laughs> or or they've had the experience where they've been treated like a kink dispenser a, a dom mm -hmm. or a top has and so they're like <laughs> If you treat me like a kink dispenser, I'm going to say that you were topping from the bottom at that point. Um, I do uh, think that, it, it, like everything in kink, it can mean multiple things, things based on your perspective. Sure. How has it been applied to you? How have you been made to feel? Have you been told that you were doing that? But I also think it can be a literal thing. Back to like an old definition before nuance died on the internet yeah um <laughs> so let's go to the second question okay. and some of these we've sort of answered but i don't know um how does topping from the bottom differ from general communication and negotiation that should happen hmm well i mean the difference is to me and this is my perspective of it again would be, all right, I'd like to do, do a, um, a spanking scene with you, mm -hmm. okay? And I'd like to use paddle X, paddle Y, and the cane, mm -hmm. all right? And then we'd talk about it, mm -hmm. okay? Knowing you don't like the cane, mm -hmm. all right, we, we already worked this out. You can take several swats, but only at the end is a culmination. Right, right, right. And you have to do some serious buildup. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> As opposed to you saying, you coming to me and say, okay, I want X amount of smacks with this paddle. I want X amount of smacks with that paddle. I only want to be hit here. Don't, you know, and, and in a sense, that is kind of communicating what you want, mm -hmm. but also... It's giving your expectation, what about mine? Yeah, and I think where where that makes sense, and, where, and I, I think, because I don't have personal experience with it, I think that's mm -hmm. where it differs between 
a top and bottom negotiating a very specific scene like in a party at a club mm-hmm. versus a power exchange relationship, a dom and sub who have a broader, not not every power exchange relationship has as broad of a definition as the next one, right? But have broader expectations where in general, based on what we've already negotiated mm-hmm. for a relationship, you are in charge of these certain things and I submit to you in this way. Right. And if play and kink and fuckery and whatever else is, I mean, we are using that specifically, but I think this could apply to the non-fuckery parts. Like I'm only gonna do this task in this way at this time, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're, without either asking your expectations or regardless of your expectations. But it's one of those things where in that case, a submissive is so narrowly, tightly trying to control exactly what is going to happen, that it takes the agency away from the dominant to be in charge in a way that's been previously and is potentially currently being agreed upon. Mm -hmm. Because if I say on the one hand, you're my daddy dom, you're the decider, you tell me what to do about these specific things. And then I come to you about one of those specific things where you're like, Hey, baby girl, I want you to make my coffee, but I come to you with the, okay, I will make your coffee, but only on every third Tuesday at 2.30, unless Mercury is in retrograde, and then you have to wait for Friday at five. Like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so, and I say that and give no room for you to go, wait, that doesn't work for me. Can we come together and collaborate? Right. And I think, I, I think, that that probably happens in very specific situations for very specific reasons and is probably not quite that common. Um, but, and if I saw it happening in a, a dynamic, not my own, cause I, I couldn't look at my own self, but if I realized something like that was happening, the question I would have to the submissive is what are you so scared of? And are those fears bound in reality? Because maybe you got a shit Dom who can't, keep up with, you know, doesn't do what they say they'll do, disappoint you, you know, changes the rules on you halfway through. And you're like, okay, let me give you very narrow, like this is what I'm willing to do. Mm -hmm. Or is it too soon for you to be giving up control and something is going on with you for whatever reason. And you you have to to try to control this situation Mm -hmm. down to a granular level. Right. And that's in a power exchange Mm -hmm. situation. And so, I, I would say communication and nego- topping from the bottom can be communication and negotiation if we go for the topping from the bottom is using your safe word that is not topping from the bottom. <laughs> like it is not topping from the bottom. But if you are a person who says that's topping from the bottom, first, fuck you. Second of all, that's no <laughs> different than communication and negotiation. But if it's this, from a, a submissive perspective, I'm trying to narrowly control something without taking uh, into account what the dumb wants, mm-hmm. what your needs are, what your expectations are, how this is gonna work collaboratively, then it's not communication and negotiation in the broad collaborative sense. It is trying to desperately hold on to the control and get exactly what you want and need without regard to what the other partner needs. Wants and needs, yeah. Right, and the thing about negotiating those things back and forth is it means that sometimes nobody should be doing something that's, you know, a hard limit or outside of their boundaries. Like that's, you know, if you 
decide, hey, this one time I'll do a thing I don't normally do. That needs to be because that's what you chose and not because you were pressured or mm-hmm. guilted or any of that. But in general, when it comes to any negotiation, fuckery, power exchange, the boardroom, you almost never get every single thing you want no. down to the like finest detail. You have no. to go, what is it I can live without? What is it that I'd like, but I don't need to feel fulfilled complete like i can i can let that go either always because it's maybe a hard limit of a partner's or temporarily because this is what this partner has in mind today and it's within the things i'd like to do Mm -hmm. and i'm willing to go down that path now i do think another situation where somebody might try to from from my side of the slash, the mm-hmm. submissive side, to n- control and to negotiate those f- like super fine details. Um, it could also be a concern that they're not gonna get what they want ever, right? Like you and I have the kind of relationship, I can say to you in general, I, I, I would love forced orgasms with a Hitachi. And then I can kind of go, or I can tell you my very detailed fantasy. Yes. And have. But I don't do it in the expectation that you will down to the last detail, give me every single second of that very airbrushed black and white erotic movie flowing through my head. One, you couldn't because you're not in my head. And two, I have enough experience with you. I am Mm -hmm. confident enough in myself and you that you will give me approximately what I'm asking for with your twist and your take on it. Why? Mm. Because part of what makes us work is I enjoy your twists and takes Mm -hmm. on things. If you're in a power exchange as the submissive and you feel like you have to, you know, make a a 500 step bullet point list of exactly how this encounter is supposed (laughs) to go, regardless of what your Dom Mm -hmm. wants to do, is it a trust issue? Is it because they, they, they're not giving you what you want otherwise? Like it's mm-hmm. the only way. And then are they really your dom if you are literally mapping it out for them point by point? Yeah. Like, and I know that's not a bad thing if they're really mm-hmm. not, but maybe they're really not. I mean, you know, when we've played at the clubs, I mean, you know, one of the things lay the toys out that I'm going to use. And, and you know, you see what's there. And mostly they're all things you really like. <laughs> mostly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even on seeing them, you don't tell me, oh, use this, not that. You know, do that more. And, you know, you don't say well you know start out with this and then use that right you know i you see you know i'm not going to pull out anything that is a definite hard limit for and if you. i saw something pulled out as a definite hard limit especially if it was a new one that maybe i hadn't communicated be like right. oh uh, pause time out right um let's talk about this yeah that one that one here's my problem mm-hmm. and again because you care about me because you're a trustworthy human being because you have earned that trust and you have integrity. If I went, time out, time out, that one's a problem and here's why. Yeah. 
you know, one of two things is going to happen. And I would allow either of these things because of the nature of our relationship. Mm -hmm. That might not be true for everybody. One of two things is going to happen. You're either going to remove it completely and go, okay, we don't have to play with that today. It's fine. Because your entire identity is not wrapped up in every single detail that you have also planned. You can right. be flexible and sure. need to be. That's, that's I mean, a thing. That, that's, that's something about this life. Like you have to be fluid. You have to be flexible right. in certain things. But the other thing I could say to you, you might say, and I would accept because, again, nature mm -hmm. of our relationship is... I won't go hard on that. Right. Don't don't uh, worry. I'll I, keep... I, I can do this in a way that. Right. Yeah. And because we've established that I could go. OK. Right. But it's you know, it what can appear like topping from the bottom mm -hmm. is absolutely a form of communication. It's not always a form of negotiation. If you're coming at it with no room for the dominant partner to go, hi, hi, I have needs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually like to feel like I'm in control of this moment yeah. because that's like what we do mm -hmm. here. Um, but even, even again, like this morning, mm -hmm. okay, when I told you what I had planned, that it was going to be forced orgasms and, and you were like, well, okay, just as long as it's not over in 30 seconds. Right, because I know how I am. <laughs> yeah. When I saw the Hitachi, I was like, this could be over very quickly. Right. That's not quite as much fun for anybody. And and I told you, I said, we, I've got this covered. Right. Don't worry. And, and you know and, what? Go ahead. And, you know, you saw what I, mm -hmm. at that point, had in mind. Mm -hmm. And as I, as it played out. And you so absolutely did have it covered. And here's what's funny. I think that if you are submissive with your first scene with a, a specific human, or maybe finding yourself going down the path of maybe trying to top from the bottom and control mm -hmm. every aspect of the scene. Um, it's a trust issue. And also it may be that it's a little scary when it's the first time you play with somebody because you don't know, wait, will they do it right? Will I enjoy this? Mm -hmm. You know, again, I go back to, okay, maybe you need more time to like be, be ready for this. And then also if you're like, yeah, but it's been six months and I've been with this person for 30 years and I know I can trust them. This is a me thing. Uh, this is not always easy to do, but sometimes you take a leap of faith because the first time you do the thing that you're uncertain about and you give up that level of control, because I know what it's like for there to be submissives who are like, I desperately crave submission. I also am terrified of giving up control mm -hmm. because what if somebody fucks up? Because a lot of us, not all of us who are submissives have spent our fucking lives picking up after other fucking people and seeing people say they were in charge and fuck it all up. And so yeah. if we've got trust issues, I think it's understandable. But if this is a person that you're like logically outside of that moment, you're like, I know I can trust them. I think it's going to be fine. It's a leap of faith kind of thing. You only have to be brave for the 30 seconds it takes to kind of go take hands up and go, okay, you're, you're in charge. And then always remember that if things do go south, you've got your safe word because mm -hmm. the, in the beginning of our relationship, we were very detailed with our negotiations. We, we, there was not we a were, lot of wiggle room. We were very detailed. Um, we, as as far as play went, <clears throat> after every scene, we debriefed. Mm -hmm. You know, what were the things you liked? What didn't you like? You know, what would you do again? Right. What, you know, would do, would you want more of this? You know, this and. And then with our power exchange, um, especially after we moved in together, it I, I think like because of the way things started out, very uh, rocky because of powers outside of our control mm -hmm. that affected that, um, we kind of had a co weekly coffee date where we talked about things. And then as things started 
um, smoothing out, it became every month mm-hmm. for a while, and then every couple months. And and even then, we just sort of talk when we need to. Right. My point being, though, if you can give up the control for that first time, and you realize maybe it didn't go according to your 500-point plan, but it was good, mm-hmm. and you enjoyed it, and they stayed within your personal guardrails and gave you something that you enjoyed, even if it was not exactly what the fantasy movie is that's playing in your head, then that's how you go, okay, next time I can give up, I can give up a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. And the more, assuming that we're talking about a happy, healthy situation with a person that you are trusting and, and can trust and has integrity and all that good stuff, the more you play, the less, less worry there is of wait is this gonna go you know like i still have i still have those moments when i saw what we were doing today i was like how how is this gonna go because (laughs) i again after all these years know your range i don't know all of your range you can Mm -hmm. still surprise me but i kind of know your range (laughs) i know what you ended up doing which was teasing and torture um (laughs) i also know you can go in hard and fast right and so i have that Fear is almost too strong of a word, but that moment of what's about to happen. Trepidation. Right. But I I could have that like little moment of fear and still know that it was ultimately going to be fine. And if it wasn't fine, I could speak up and let you know it wasn't fine. And so, you know, depending on how you're defining topping from the bottom and why it's happening and how it's happening, um, it can be just a form of negotiation that's, you know, not necessarily the healthiest way to do it. Or it can yeah. be like a, a hostage note with a list of fucking demands. You know, <laughs> like mm. So okay, I, I just had a word that popped into my head after all this time. Okay. Um, brain's moving a little slow. Micromanagement. Yes! That's a good word. Yes. Would you say that topping from the bottom would be considered a form of micromanagement. Depending on how it's manifesting, that is perfect, it is micromanagement. And I go back to not that the thing itself is automatically wrong and terrible. I feel like if you as a submissive are trying to micromanage a scene, your Mm. relationship or your dominant partner, it's not that you're doing the worst possible thing a human being can do, you're not but there's a reason for it. Why, why is this happening? What is Mm -hmm. going on within you from like bad tapes, trust issues, whatever, whatever. What's going on in the relationship? Is there something manifesting or presenting where you're like, I don't feel like I can fully trust my partner. Um, Like it's a symptom of something. And sometimes that symptom is our own internal work of like Mm -hmm. learning what it means to be submissive and how to let go. And sometimes it's a symptom of a relationship issue. And quite frankly, maybe it's a symptom of like a shitty person, but my my compassionate side doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of, what I'm thinking of when I say that are the times I've heard a lot of femdoms talk about male submissives who slide into their DMs and treat a person like a king oh, dispenser. Yeah. I'm like, a lot. right. And I'm like, well, that's just shitty behavior. <laughs> but when I think about a person who is in or is trying to establish their power exchange and they're trying to negotiate in good faith, mm-hmm. but something is happening and they are still trying to micromanage, that person's not a shitty asshole. That person just needs to like, Okay, I watch too much online stuff. There is a TikToker slash all over social media guy who does uh, 
who teaches pre-K, but he's like an influencer. And he always goes, pre-K pause. And that's what I keep thinking. <laughs> I want you to take a pre-K pause. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and think uh, about why it is you're trying to micromanage from the bottom. Yeah. I also think, yeah. you know, and I, again, I go back to, I say people with more experience in top bottom dynamics, like negotiating pickup play, casual scenes, you just get together as a top bottom for fuckery, but there's not that power exchange dynamic mm-hmm. there. You know, is micromanaging by a bottom a problem? I think that's a personal thing. I think some tops will be mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I don't care. Give me this laundry list. Let's see what we can do. Right. I'll tell you what I can't or won't do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think for some people, they might go, actually, yeah, that is kind of a problem. Like, give me details. Sure. I want you to have the scene you want to have. Yeah. But wow, I don't want to be micromanaged, <laughs> even as a top, even in this casual, mm-hmm. whatever. Anybody who actually gets to engage in top bottom scenes, tell tell me what you think yeah. about that. But I could see that would be a dependent upon your personality and how you just like to operate as a top. If a micromanaging bottom, even in a casual thing, was like, here's my 500 point plan of action. I'm gonna need you to follow all this in that exact order or we can't do this. Like mm-hmm. I could see somebody rejecting that as, okay, this is just too fucking much. And I could see somebody else like, maybe embracing it maybe like it not bothering them but in a power exchange dynamic that's not your 500 point plan because you're a micromanaging submissive with trust issues hi Uh, (laughs) she says as she looks in the mirror um is not it can't it's i would not call that effective negotiation Mm -hmm. i could call that the opening salvo of here's my list of what I'd like. But then the reality is, is the dominant should be able to go through and go, okay, let's whittle away. Let's just throw out 300 of those things. <laughs> now we're left with these 200, <laughs> 50 of them right off the bat are my hard limits. So no, 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 uh, 50 are soft limits. So let's table that for the future. I'll think about that. Yeah. You're left with these things right here. And then you as the submissive going, okay, take my 500 point plan down to a hundred. Can I live with that hundred? Yeah. That's negotiation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have heard people say that submissives who are sassy or, you know, what most people would call bratty mm-hmm. um, are not really submissive, that they're trying to- And they're topping from and, the bottom. And they are topping from the bottom. And, and that is such- a misnomer. I'm sorry. If you think a brat is topping from the bottom, that that type of sub is not for you. Right. Because here's the thing. If a brat's topping from the bottom, it's because you're letting them. Yeah. Now, right. every brat and sassy person who is brat adjacent but is not actually a brat, she says as she looks in the mirror, um, I don't want to get my way. Like, it's fun for about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And yes, sometimes, like, if you come at me hard with, I went, I went overboard. Okay, I don't like that. <laughs> but it's the, for me, and I'm not speaking for all brats and brat adjacent people, but for me, it is that power play. And ultimately, however yeah. it comes down to it and however it sorts mm-hmm. itself out, you're still going to be in charge. So if me being sassy feels like topping from the bottom, then you are not the top slash dom for this. You, right. this isn't This isn't right for you mm-hmm. because... The dom that enjoys it, wants it, thrives on it, is interested in Will. it, gets off on it. Yeah, they're gonna pl- they're gonna play right along, right. and we're gonna get this exchange that is mutually satisfying. And, and what I like doing with you in those in a lot of those circumstances, give you just enough rope, just enough rope. 
And it pisses me off because I like to think I'm smarter than that shit. <laughs> I get offended if I basically did it to myself and he like helped me do it to myself. Like I get pissed because I'm supposed to be smarter than that. <laughs> I'm not supposed to outsmart you. That's not usually. Like if I'm being sassy, it's kind of fun to like shock you. But I'm actually mm. not trying to outsmart you. But I don't want you to outsmart me. Like my ego right. can't fucking handle it. Doesn't like it. Nope. <laughs> Go back to control issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that's a good point to make about topping from the bottom that that label gets thrown on brats and sass and sassy people um, <laughs> by people who are not the right dom for that, right? Or they're not. That's not their way of of experiencing submission, and so instead of going, oh, that's a different way, they're the type of people who go, eh, I don't like that because it's not how I do it. Well, there's a right. lot of shit people do that I don't do. It's okay. Um, so yeah, that's, because yeah, bratting is not topping from the bottom. Now, if you are a brat and your dominant partner is not a person who wants to be with a brat, I could see where cross purposes, cross signals, yeah, mm-hmm. that will look mm-hmm. a lot like topping from the bottom. It's not really meant to be. Not from what I have, what I understand about myself and from what I hear from brats and brat adjacents. We're brat adjacents, okay? Uh, Lola agrees as she woos um, (laughs) gently at the door. Right. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Third question. Why did I not think we'd have something different to say this episode? (laughs) So I think we've sort of answered this. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We'll find out if there's a lot to say about this okay. one. Last question. Mm. Is topping from the bottom a bad thing? I think the um, stigma put on the term is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the term, excuse me, is... used more times than not in incorrect way i think it's it's absolutely used to to insult or to demean or yeah. to um i can't think of a term other than that but i think there's one out there i'm not thinking of absolutely it's it's used against somebody who is you know expressing needs boundaries limits Mm-hmm. withdrawing consent it, it absolutely can be used that way right. I think if when I think about how I look at what actual from my perspective topping from the bottom is I think it can be a negative thing um, but unless you're the shitty asshole who just sees other human beings as kink dispensers those people exist mm-hmm. if you're not that <laughs> and you just find yourself doing it and you realize it's a if there's an issue, I think it's, I go back to what I said before, it's a symptom of something. Yeah. Uh, I also think if we take the literal definition <laughs> of what topping from the bottom can mean, um, if the whole power bottom thing is something that applies, mm-hmm. again, I'll let somebody uh, else, like maybe who uses that term, you know, speak on that. Um, or if we're talking about a situation where the dom is literally bottoming and asking their submissive to be the top in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, in those things, absolutely not, it's not a bad thing. Right. Um, I think that if somebody is interpreting what's happening 
between them and another person or witnessing another person's actions as tends to happen from the peanut gallery looking at a brat or sassy person. Um, you know, what you think is topping from the bottom mm-hmm. might be an perfectly wonderful, delightful power exchange between two people. And so the problem at that point is not that you think that behavior is talking from the madam, is that you're a judgy McJudgerson and need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like go tend to your yeah. own shit and leave the rest of us alone. I might be a little annoyed by some of that, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> 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 Look, your dynamic isn't my dynamic, but your dynamic's, dynamic's okay, leave my dynamic the fuck alone, right? right? right. Um, so I guess it goes back to context is everything. What context is the the term or phrase being used? Like who is throwing out the, you're topping from the bottom and what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. I think much of the time it's not actually a negative. I think much of the time it is benign or it is actually that's healthy boundary setting and leave these people the fuck alone. Yeah. When it is actual literal topping from the bottom, then we go into context of is this what, both partners actually want well then it's it's neither a good nor bad it's a neutral leave it the fuck alone if it's not you um or you know like context is everything sure about whether it's good or bad right it's all about how you like what is your initial reaction you meaning us the two of us and Mm -hmm. you out there who can hear hear my voice right now um what is your initial reaction to topping from the bottom Right, because then yeah. that's based on your experience with mm-hmm. the phrase, with people who have been deemed in your sphere to have topped from the bottom, and what does that mean to you? Then is it a, a negative or a positive? You know, I am nuanced, Nancy, and I want to have all the nuanced mm-hmm. conversations. But in an online world, you know, the phrase gets used, and then there's not a thousand words after it to explain exactly what that person's talking about, and so then we just people just make snap judgments and from that yeah topping from the bottom is usually a negative but when you pick it apart as as we like to do here and you talk about what it can actually mean it 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 depends the really Mm. boring answer of it depends yeah um so yeah Mm. (sighs) (laughs) yeah yeah so there um, do you have anything else you'd like to say about topping from the bottom? I, I don't think so. Yeah, this was really I, interesting. I'm glad we had something mm-hmm. to help d- direct and guide the conversation. Yeah. If anybody goes back or has recently listened to episode 90, <laughs> I think we tried to have structure. I don't think we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, topping from the bottom that um, it's complicated. It's more complicated mm-hmm. than the internet would have you believe. <clears throat> sure. As are yeah. all things. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how it's being used, it has different meaning, it has different connotations. You know, if you are a submissive who is just expressing your needs and you're being told that you're topping from the bottom, you've safe worded, you've been like, hey, I, I don't really wanna do this or whatever, whatever. Yeah, you're. that's a red flag coming from the other person. Right. Like you have every right to Absolutely. express your needs, withdraw consent, whatever, whatever. Um, if you yourself as a sub or a bottom are using other human beings or trying to as kink dispensers, you're the one in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, 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 if you are the person who is trying to be a submissive but wants to micromanage your submission and how mm-hmm. that's gonna play out, Take a moment, think about why that might be. Right. You know, maybe it's more time, maybe it's just working on your own stuff, maybe it's 
you know, the wrong relationship. I mean, it could be be all kinds of stuff. Uh, And if you are tempted to look at another person from the outside looking in with not understanding every single nuance and context of a moment and claiming that another human being is topping from the bottom, please sit down and stop talking for just five minutes. Mm -hmm. Not your business. Not your business. Okay. (laughs) So there. Okay. So are we good? I don't know. I'll let you decide. Okay. Keep Keep it it kinky, kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? I I ain't even going to try to keep you from saying anything. I ain't going to try to, you know... I'm too tired, so go ahead and talk and to the if, crickets. If you made me wait too long, I'd just start <laughs> snoring and lean into the microphone. Right. <laughs> 3.30 in the morning. That's what time we woke up today. Yep. Um, big day in our household. Big two days. Yeah. So we woke up Been at 3. a lot going on. We woke up at 3.30 this morning because the 13-year-old had to be at the school at 4.30 this morning um, <clears throat> as he was going on his first ever overnight school trip Um it's a band trip, uh, a middle school band, um, f- to New Orleans, uh, four days, three nights. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been an absolute anxious wreck for the past two months. Uh, not it, We've been working on this trip since, was it November or December? The first payment had to be November. made. And he thought at the time his besties were going. And then we hit about january mm-hmm. and he found out his besties were not going and so he had friends but not his close friends that make him super comfortable and he can kind of just be himself and doesn't have to worry so much um and they'll they care about him enough that they will help him when he struggles with stuff um because he's a highly anxious child um so he has been worried about this trip since mm-hmm. About February, we're in March now, uh, and um, but we had to explain to him that we barely had the money for this, uh, and it was non-refundable, and so you were calling. So yeah, we, that was not an option. <laughs> it was not an option. Um, it was one of those things that I think, short of us being so broke, we like couldn't pay for like lights on. We would have made this happen for him because. These are the kinds of experiences that we hope will be positive and mm-hmm. will help him see that he can do things that he is sometimes afraid to do. Um, not every anxiety is something you just go do the thing you're scared of, but right. some of them are. And so we're hoping this is a positive experience. Right. So, I mean, a, a yeah. lot of time, not every time, but a lot of times when he has been nervous about something and he's done it, mm-hmm. he's been like, oh, that's not, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. That And that's another reason. If we didn't have the years of experience watching this happen for him, I don't think we would have pushed him. But mm-hmm. once the money started being paid, sorry. Maybe after that first payment, because that grandma paid the first payment. I, mi- I might have gone, okay, you could back out now. But once we got to the second payment and then the third, third payment, yeah. we, we somebody was going to New Orleans mm-hmm. this week. Um, so <laughs> um, he and I have been planning and i've talked through with him on you know what to expect based on what i can tell like i'm like look the last time i went on an overnight band trip was 25 years ago i'm not i'm sure things have changed right um 
but we went over the itinerary and he, after I went over that with him and explained some stuff that he, just cause things might feel intuitive to some people, he is not that kid. Um, so there are things he's just, he's gotta be explained very literal, like here's how this works. Um, and so he felt comfortable asking me and we, we talked about it and I'm like, I am a text away, which I forgot to say during the intro cause it's, I'm so tired and chaotic that I've got the phone right here. And if his uh, text message comes through, I'll gotta look at it, make mm-hmm. sure it's not an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, or that he doesn't need my help navigating something. Right. I want him to go to the teachers, the adults and his friends, but that doesn't always happen. So I'm his backup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I have been a little bit of a wreck, but it's been one, he's the baby Two, I take on, I take on everybody in this family's worries like they're my own, which I don't know if that's healthy, but it's what I do. But the thing is, is I've had to spend the past months really, but at least few weeks, not letting him see that I was nervous on his mm-hmm. behalf or worried or hurting for him because then he would have just latched onto that and would have tried to convince me that he wasn't going. Um, so I've, with him played it off as coolly as I can and and confident. The problem is is all I've done is repress how I feel. So poor JB, when it's just the two of us, I'm over there going, oh my God, you know? And he's like, you can't be that way with him. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like that with you because you're safe. But once he got on the bus and couldn't see me this morning, then like, I was like, he's gonna be fine. And what I hope is he comes back and says he had the best time. Every time he does a thing he's scared of, and then it turns out not to be as awful as he feared mm-hmm. and he has a good time. He then treats me like I'm the crazy person for when I say, oh, so it wasn't as bad, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't think it would be bad. You will not gaslight me, child. I know what we live through <laughs> in this household when there's a new thing coming up, we gotta do. Like, but. So yeah, I'm hoping it's a positive experience. Mm-hmm. He's texted me a few times this morning, but nothing like there was there was an issue at a rest area where he got confused about the bathroom or something about the bathroom. But did he ask anybody there or contact me while he was there? No, it was after he was on the bus, didn't get to go to the bathroom. His stomach was hurting and I'm like, so I walked him through for future mm-hmm. reference. I was like, dude, you either got to, grab an adult that you trust, which he did say he trusted the main teacher who's in charge. Or like, just just call me, just text me. I'll walk you through it if I can. Um, I hope that the more he has experiences like this, the less he needs me. Right. Which is weird because on one hand, I'm like, but that's my baby, my youngest. It's okay if he needs me. And on the other hand, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's okay if he doesn't need me. It really, really is okay. <laughs> it's a weird like dichotomy to know what is probably the most correct thing yeah. and to also know what, what I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind being needed by the youngest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, day before recording. Yeah, that was a big day too. Yes, the 17 year old uh, made it official. He will be going to the University of Florida in the fall. He was like, I am ready to officially decide. I went, okay, let's let's do this thing. And I'm thinking he's like, oh, when I sit down on my laptop next to him, he's like, nope, pulled it up on his phone and was just navigating it all from his phone. I was like, <laughs> that's how I know I'm old. Cause I'm like, that's way too small of a screen to be doing like important shit, like find your right. login, click the I accept link, not the I decline link. Um, yeah. So he, it's official, it's yep. official, official. Kids going to UF. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, that's exciting. Now we start the process because he can't live because of how he was accepted and um, the program he's accepted through. He won't be living on campus. And apparently most students don't live on campus anymore. Uh, So we get to start the process of getting him an apartment, which is set up a lot like plain old student housing in a dorm, just not through the school. Um, So yeah, that's the next thing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot of growth going on around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot of new things going on around. Even for here. you, with all this going on. I know, and I'm. <laughs> I am these children's parent for sure. Genetically, we're linked because, of course, I'm trying to game out how will I feel in six months, which, of course, I cannot. I cannot possibly know, but. I wish I could know um, because I'm trying like I can't but I keep talking about poor JB has to endure it I keep talking about oh my god I can't imagine what it's going to be like when the 17 year old is living in an apartment and part of it is because I had not knowing where he would go I kind of always thought oh he'll be that kid that goes off during the semester but then summer breaks and winter breaks he'll be home well the way most of the housing works out and especially for like the best price and the least amount of like back and forth hassle, it's better to get a 12 month lease um, and then just stay. Now he of course would be welcome to come home at any point, but like there would, there's no expectation that he wouldn't live in an apart, you know, Mm -hmm. in his apartment that he's paying for through these. And so I'm just like, so he's actually moving out at 18. Like he said he wanted to do at age 11. How did he finagle that? (laughs) Well, apparently. I know. know. And he got such a decent financial aid package. Uh, Go being broke, I guess. Because so far it's all grants and scholarships. None of it's loans so far. Um, That with the refund he'll get, assuming he's wise about it, and he actually listens to the adults who can help him, he'll have enough to more than pay for the apartment right um and so if he's not able to work a ton of hours he you know he's still got has a lot of his expenses like down so the next and i even told jb this i was like i was waiting for him to go i'm ready to decide and pick the school and decide which which path i'm going down and i and i told jb i was like i thought i would feel like this sense of relief i just feel like okay we got to work on the next step now (laughs) the next step is the apartment part okay okay we got to do that now start planning that like when when do i breathe when am i gonna breathe again i don't know when we drop him off and i won't be breathing then either (laughs) (sighs) i will be a happy for him, sad for me, also but kind of happy for me, wreck. Because I now have uh, a lot of time of my most of my adult life as direct parenting that child. Mm-hmm. And 13 years of parenting two that need to be parented. And yeah, the oldest need, need you, but they don't need you in the same way. Like, I get that. And so, you mean I'm not going to be up and aware of when he leaves, when he comes home, what his schedule is, his comings and goings. He'll be his own person. He'll just be out there. Yeah. And I'll know if I call him or he texts me or whatever we do. What? Like, it's bittersweet and also like my brain cannot wrap around what that's going to feel like. Because I, I don't know. I haven't experienced it yet. And I know that. I'm aware. This is what f- 
I am one example of one form of anxiety trying to game out the future so I can prepare myself for it. And I know that I can't, but it doesn't stop me from trying. Right. So anyway, but it is exciting and I'm very happy for him. Hmm. So yeah, um, I did promise him I would not dye my hair orange and blue. UF colors, if you didn't know. Um, I pr- promised I would not get any permanent stickers on the car, but there would be magnets. Maybe a decal on the window. Yeah. Uh, will be we be proud parents of? Absolutely. Yep, yep. without a doubt. Yeah, and then if the 13-year-old, if he goes to college, and if he goes to a different college, which I, I don't know, I can't imagine he's so young, then one side of the car will be for the one kid, <laughs> one side of the car will be for the other kid, for their college, whatever. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, that was that was some big stuff. Yeah, it's that's the other part of parenting that it's always been like this for them because there's a four year age difference, but it feels more stark to me as they're getting older. Their whole lives together, they've always been in two completely different stages, right? Mm-hmm. But these stages, I, it's like whiplash. Like the one is independent enough he will just not live with us come august yeah what the fuck even is that and the oldest is at the stage where he's starting to try to find independence but still kind of needs us in ways that a 17 year old just doesn't and it's like you know i'll be talking to one and trying to help with a situation and then they kind of do it to me but i have to remind myself Okay, this is a 17-year-old, not the 13-year-old. Don't treat him like you would the 13-year-old. Or I'll be with the 13-year-old going, okay, this is not a 17-year-old. <laughs> it's, it's weird. And I did it to myself. I purposely planned them four years apart. <laughs> the oldest was not planned. He was a, oops, uh, a happy accident. <laughs> uh, but the youngest was Got no woo. planned. Oh, yeah. She's a very gentle woo. I wonder, I wonder if my screaming earlier scared her. <laughs> Tayshu says, I should get a magnet that says my kid doesn't go to FSU. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, for YouTube folks, if the camera bobbled for you, that's because Lola just traipsed under the tripod. <laughs> we actually have the tripod way closer, so she doesn't have to do that. She shouldn't have to walk about under two anything. And a feet, two and a half feet closer than it was, She's, so she wouldn't have to walk under it, but she chose to walk under it anyway. She's like, oh, I just saw the bump. <laughs> today she chooses violence. <laughs> so, oh, and in the live chat, uh, because I was kind of paying attention, but, you know, I was actually mm-hmm. trying to pay attention yeah. to you. Um, <laughs> I was attempting it. Uh, there were uh, conversations going on about shirts that if they should say this, they should say that. First of all, if you have, if there's a phrase I've said that you're like, that should be on a shirt, you should email it to me because I will not remember. I, I promise you, I think about what I'm saying and I hope I make sense when it comes out of my mouth, but the moment it's out of my mouth, it's out of my brain. I don't know what I said. Uh, <laughs> But also, I can tell you there are plans. They're not immediate because I've got immediate plans that should have been done by this week that still aren't. That's a whole mm. other thing to complain about. Um, one design that will be in multiple forms, potentially a shirt as well, will be one that says sassy since birth. Uh, I also want to do one that says bratty since birth um, because not everybody who is bratty would call themselves sassy. And some of us who are sassy do not call ourselves bratty but I want to cover all bases. So that is coming. I am, I'm there. Um, 
So yeah. Top ten Kayla isms. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's probably more, but but like I said, I don't know what they are. I'm C. Okay, let me make sure it's not All an emergency, right. y'all. Yes, that's the the ringtone for both kids. <laughs> oh, he got McDonald's. Okay. I want to ask what you get. Blah blah blah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> oh, unless he's asking me for help. I'm gonna. But you like Mac. McDonald's, get some <laughs> nuggies. Sorry, y'all. Navigating parenthood with an anxious child at a McDonald's who said, I didn't get anything because I've got snacks left in my bag. Oh, I lost my mind getting this child snacks. Yeah, you did. I, and I went, I dropped him off from school. I had to go do a thing with school because with him being on prescription medication, there's a whole deal you got to go through to send a child overnight and with their prescription meds. So I did that on Tuesday and then I was like, oh, I don't want to have to go back out after I get home. Let me stop and get snacks that I knew he was going to have in his backpack. Um, And I walked in and I walked to the register and I had about eight snacks in one hand. I had that claw thing going where you can hold Mm -hmm. like 85 million things. And I had had just a Diet Coke because he wanted that as a drink in the other hand. And I walked to the register and I set it down and the, the cashier did not even bat an eye, but I realized as I was setting it down, I was like, I look like I must have an extreme case of munchies after getting high. Like, uh, so I kind of gave this weird little (laughs) smile and I mean, she didn't give a shit. I know that was all me, but I was like, Oh Lord. Okay. Okay. I can't convince him to get some nuggies, even though we did practice how you Mm -hmm. order at fast food. I was like, you just got to say the number, just give him the number, your sauce, your drink, boom, done, done, done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's my stuff. What's your stuff? Mm. 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 You got no stuff? I've yeah, yeah. I I've kind of been struggling the last few weeks. Yeah. It's um right in the anniversary of my mom being diagnosed with cancer and me being her caregiver a year ago um top of that my sister who passed away now almost nine years ago her birthday is coming up very soon mm-hmm. and uh it, it's been a tough couple weeks for me yeah yeah i've sort of noticed i've kind of um withdrawn into myself a little bit yeah i have also noticed that yeah I mean, I've tried to be a nice person and let you. Yeah. Not everything needs to be At least to I told you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is. it took yeah. you a hot minute. Well, but you did. Yeah. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's understandable. This time of year for me, March, specifically the week we're in and going into next week, it tends to be kind of tough for me. I've got three, and these are from years ago, but three um, anniversaries of death from mm-hmm. either family members or close friends, like all within the same week. And I, this time of year, every year, I get a little, just a little quiet. And I, every year, I go, what is wrong with me? And then I, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-mm. So. Yeah. Kind of, kind of been it with me. We've, and, you know, you and I, we've been 
Still chipping away at our to-do list. We have. We've gotten some stuff done. Yeah. Um, we got a shower door up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, what did we do last time? Uh, we did the shower door. We um, did the dryer vent. The dryer cleaned vent. Cleaned out a dryer cleaned vent. Cleaned out the dryer vent. Um, and uh, we did the last piece for the irrigation. Mm-hmm. We put the new rain sensor on up so when it rains it won't come on we did all kinds we have we have one big project left <laughs> we have to replace three fence panels yeah Ooh, i'm not looking forward to that Mm-mm, me either no it's that, fun to be a homeowner <laughs> yeah look i i have rented many times in my life i've hated it every time i think it's my control issues um also i don't trust landlords i've had one super good landlord in all my years of of renting um but that that's the exception not really the rule so i actually don't mind being a homeowner it's just like i'm somebody who worked in a real estate adjacent profession for eight years and so I heard a lot of the hype about why you should buy a home, why you should own a house. And I was always like, yeah, but can we talk about the realistic side of it? Okay. <laughs> There's a whole side that nobody's putting on that sales brochure of yeah, things like yeah. cleaning dryer vents and putting up fence panels and, you know, replacing roofs and windows and blah, 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 blah. Like the one thing I really want to do, desperately want to do to the house is a small thing. It could be relatively easily done. I'll probably be six months to a year before I finally do it. I want to repaint our front door and I want it to be Mm -hmm. a bold color. Bold. It's not going to be purple, even though I remember having those conversations. Anybody who's either listened to those or been around long enough. I want it purple, but a purple door would not go with the house, the color of our house but a bright ass, bold ass blue wood. And, mm-hmm. I, and I want to paint my door. <sighs> so, yeah. Mr. Spock wants to know if we want to come help with the dishwasher install. As long, I, as long as there's not a... Uh, if I recall, we hired somebody for that, didn't we? Or did we no, do it we and then we had it. to call somebody? We, we did it. And that's what I was about to say. I, you know, not a problem as long as there's not a uh, garbage disposal install in, involved. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we ended muck- up taking two calls that's that's what mucked up our whole we would have been better off just paying for the damn installation yeah anyway yeah so yeah that's us mm-hmm. that's what's going on with us yep yay mm-hmm. um anything else okay nope okay oh <sighs> I guess we should go now. I mean, yeah. we could sit here in in uh, silence, but not sure what kind of true, <laughs> true. stream that makes. Right, and and we, and do we have might other, fall asleep, and we do have other stuff to we do. We do, but we also might fall asleep. So, <laughs> All right. maybe we should we should end the stream now. Uh, thanks for being here, especially mm-hmm. to the bitter end. Um, <clears throat> that's all I got. Appreciate Thank. each and every one of you. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And uh, we will be back next week. Yep. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.